Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bootstrap Hawaii. This is Ryan Asaki. This is episode seven. Sorry for the absence last week, last week Friday. I caught a cold from my kid who caught the cold from my mom, uh, not my mom, from his mom, my wife. And so our, my whole family has been sick and coughing. And uh, if I tried to record an episode last week, I just would have been coughing half the time. So uh, that's why I didn't record one. But anyways, it's going to do a quick update with Lesson on the Ground, and then I'm going to get into this other topic, which I thought was pretty interesting, something that happened recently in my life, and something that might be beneficial to for other starting entrepreneurs to hear, because I think it's, uh, you'll, you'll see. So anyways, for Lesson on the Ground, if you're new to the show, basically part of the show segments is I just talk about my own progress with this app called Lesson Underground, which we launched last year. We, we sunk a bunch of money into it. It didn't work like how I wanted it to. And so for the since the beginning of this year, I've been working and documenting the steps that I'm taking to turn this app around and get it profitable again, and so, or profitable, not again. And so we, you can listen to the past episodes, but the, the TLDR is I talked to a bunch of customers and a, a bunch of people that are going to be using the site, got feedback from them as far as like what's their most valuable what's their most important problem that they want to be solved. And I developed a manual solution to that, which is an MVP. Uh, I mentioned it in the last episode. MVP is not the minimal thing you can build or pay someone to build for you. The MVP is the minimal you can do to, to validate or invalidate an idea. And so basically, all I'm doing is just emailing people uh, and doing that. And so we booked a lesson earlier this week on Tuesday, uh, I think, I believe, where it was just all through email. Like the student emailed me asking I, for a time slot with a teacher. I looked at his request and I made a recommendation based upon that uh, to a teacher. The teacher accepted. And this was all done through email and they had their lesson on Tuesday and it seemed like it went really good. And so that's what I'm going to keep doing. Uh, keep doing this Wizard of Oz kind of style because honestly, people don't care. Like, well, first of all, uh, the customer really doesn't care what's going on behind the scenes as long as their their problem is being solved effectively, and it, the the method of it doesn't really matter at all. You know, like if in fact it if the method can be done with emails or like you know pencil and paper, and then you giving you providing it you know manually to them, like they don't care. Like say if you had a service for like stock buying or something, and all it was was a guy texting you the. The, the, the stocks that he bought and his record of stock, you know, like, and you could go online and you could see like his past history of his win, um, his his earnings versus his losses. You wouldn't care if it was just a text message, or you wouldn't care if it, if it, you wouldn't even care if it was just that guy texting you from his phone every day manually, right? Like it's the it's the solution that matters. And so this is something that I really want to drill home to people who are starting businesses for the first time or trying to get into creating app businesses or mobile, um, any kind of business online is like the, the solution as far as like the technical solution to the problem, it doesn't matter so much as effectively solving the problem and how, and being able to solve the problem. And so the interesting thing also from this is, um, talking to these teachers and doing all that whole process, they kind of developed this new product for ukulele around my business that I'm still running. Like my, that's pretty much my, actually my job. Uh, I spend most of my time doing that business. And so we're concurrently building that feature or that that um, product with the Ukulele Underground with Lesson Underground. And actually what's cool is that the new product for Ukulele Underground, which is going to be like a marketplace for other teachers to sell their lessons, it goes hand in hand with Lesson Underground, which is a 
lesson marketplace where students can find the personal teacher. And so when we recruit teachers for the Ukulele Underground marketplace, we can also recruit teachers for lesson underground. And this is something that I was trying to figure out how to do for a while anyway. Like I was trying to figure out how to get more teachers on lesson underground. <coughs> Excuse me. And so this is going to work hand in hand. And so that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing Wizard of Oz style um, booking for Lesson Underground and at the same time building the teacher database for both sides. And, and then when I get the critical mass of teachers on Lesson Underground, we can launch it out and try to bring another cohort in and just do it Wizard of Oz style, email behind the scenes, behind a curtain and see how that goes. And then once that process is kind of ironed out and it's as smooth as it can be with me doing it manually, then we start looking into like automating some things with software. But that's not going to be for a few months, I think, if that might be even longer. It depends how fast I can pick up teachers. But um, so far for that, that marketplace side, we picked up, uh, we have two teachers on board right now working on the third one. And I just started doing this this past week. So we got two teachers online for the marketplace. And these, these teachers are gonna, all going to be, they're all interested in Lesson on the Ground too. So we're building the database. This, I got a new one coming up. I got a meeting with them next week. So... Probably next podcast, you'll hear about that meeting, how that went. But that's what I'm doing for a lesson on the ground, on ukulele on the ground. Um, fun stuff. It's a, it's, it's a, it, it's a good life. Uh, so segueing into this, this, this next section, I don't have names for these sections, but basically uh, I had lunch with my eye doctor. He's actually more like a friend, family friend. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, before I got sick. And, you know, in the first episode of Silicon Valley, uh, he, he goes to his doc- the main character goes to his doctor and that doctor pitches him an app idea. It was not that dissimilar to that. But it, it, uh, my doctor wasn't pitching me for funding. He just wanted to get my opinions on what, what he should do to try to do this idea that he has. And um, I hope he doesn't mind me talking about this because uh, sure, sure he won't. It's, it's cool because he's doing the things that I'm that I think he should be doing, or for the most part. But it's just, I, I want to share this because I think the way that he thinks about these things, and this is someone with already ha- who already has experience running a, a, a successful business. Like his, his Iker facility is, is doing really, really well, you know, and he has like staff of like 20 or, I forget how much staff he has. He has a lot of staff. When I go there, there's like a bunch of people working there and he has other doctors and partners and other employee doctors who are employees working there. So he's a, he's a successful entrepreneur in my mind. Uh, but it's interesting to hear how he thinks about these these things uh, when it comes to like developing app an app business or a web business. Because I I've realized now after talking to him that it's actually much much different than standard entrepreneurship and uh, I, a lot of things that I never thought about. Well, anyways, okay, so. Uh, he he has this idea for this app for for other eye doctors, and it's it's a cool idea because first of all, I don't really recommend people coming up with ideas first. I always recommend people talking to people and finding out what problems need to be solved, and then building up, getting an idea from creating something based upon problems, and not acting like oh, you know, it would be cool if we built this. That's like the worst way to build businesses and apps. Uh, and so he actually has an idea that's pretty cool because, or to me, I don't know, like well, I we'll see we'll see how it goes but you know it's something that he wants anyway for his eye care business and by proxy of that maybe other eye doctors would find it interesting too and so i told him you know just like start calling other eye doctors and um, 
finding out if this is a problem that they're also interested in solving. And if they are interested in solving, then pre-order it from me. And you're going to, you tell them that you're going to deliver it in September or October or November, whenever you think you have enough time to build it. And if you get 10 or so customers uh, lined up to buy it, then you, then you know, you know, if if you've collected 10 prepayments, you know, this is something that they actually want and you can go ahead and build it then. And then you can collect your monthly retainer from there and you can do all the billing manually in the beginning until you get to the point where you need to develop a billing system and stuff. And so he's like, oh, cool. He's like, oh, that's a really good idea. You know, like pre-selling is, it's a really good idea. And, and I told him it's a really good idea for multiple reasons. One is you're going to get the money right, right off the bat and you could potentially even use that money to fund part of development. But also like it's, it's an unambiguous answer as far as is this something people want to pay for? And um, a lot of times if you talk to friends or colleagues and you ask them like, hey, I have this idea, or you tell them, I have this idea for an app. You know, uh, this is what it does, XXX. 99% of the time, if you're not asking for, for money, they're going to be like, oh, that's a cool idea. That's pretty cool. You know, like I could see how that would work. Because like, people are good people. Like that's just what people are. They're, people are, they want to be nice. They don't want to damage social relationships. And they don't want to do that. And so if you get people to actually say like, you know, oh yeah, sign me up. Here's hundred bucks or whatever that 250 bucks or 200 bucks or whatever that, that what do you, you think it, it's worth? If you get them paying the money for it, then it's like, well, that's validation right there that this is something that you should build. And at the same time, if, if you're, if you get 10 people and they're all like, nah, I don't, I, I'm not interested right now. I already got something going. Then you can, then you'll know really quickly that this isn't something that you should be wasting your time on. And so, yeah, he's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, a couple of days later, he texts me. He's like, hey, I, I don't know if I should be encouraged or discouraged by this, but I found that there was another company online that was doing something really similar. They had a bunch of customers, but for some reason, it seems like all their customers don't have that app anymore and none of their apps are... You see, maybe the company went out of business or something. He's like, I don't know if I'm discouraged. Maybe I'll just build the app for myself for now. And I, I, I wrote him back and I said, uh, well, for, first of all, this is really interesting to me because I think this is how majority of people would be, right? Like if you come up with an idea, you would go look online like, oh, uh, you know, how is this something that's like a unique idea or whatever? Like, and uh, maybe a lot of people I think maybe would be discouraged if they found, um, well, first of all, like if you do find competition while you're doing this researching and, then you, and it does exactly what you want to do, then just use that app, right? Like you don't need to build your whole own thing. But say like you... Say for like for example for the, the what my friend did, he looked online and he found that there was an app that's not there anymore and there was a bunch of people that bought it but now now none of them have the app anymore and uh, if you find that then why in my mind like why would you even be discouraged by that like I'll be more interested and more excited because uh, I don't know what happened and it could be the case that yeah like okay so so here's the thing like maybe. I have a feeling my, my, my friend, my eye doctor, he assumed, you know, X, Y, and Z happened and this is why the business didn't work and for whatever reason. But there's like, the thing about online business or app businesses is there's so much factors that go into the success of a business. And it could have, the failure of a business could have nothing to do with the idea itself. It just came down to execution of the idea and execution of the business. And this is two, two very important factors in creating an online business is, you know, the idea is like actually like almost like a backseat passenger. Like if you have a, it's just like a multiplier versus of your other, other things, you know, like the execution, because, um, 
the execution is what's going to get it there. And so for my friend to find there, there was an app that was being sold by another company prior that not, nobody is using anymore. To him, it sounded maybe like, maybe this isn't, this isn't an idea I should be working on because nobody's doing it anymore. To me, it sounds like, well, now I want to know why nobody's using the app anymore. And it very well could be the case where, yeah, like nobody found it valuable, so that's why that company went out of business. But it could equally as be the case where the company was mismanaged, they took funding, so they needed to hit projected goals, they, they didn't have a good execution of the idea and you know they could have co-founders fighting and broken up the company there's just so many different things that could have happened but the fact that people had spent money on it uh is very 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 intriguing to me and i want to know why they spent money on it and also i don't want to know why they're not using it anymore and because to me in my mind where my mind goes is maybe they maybe the case maybe it's just the case that the company went out of business and it's still something that they want, but it's not available anymore. And so with that possibility in mind, I'm, I'm going to be even more excited to go and try to talk to people. And so I told him like, you know, don't, whatever you find on the internet, don't trust, don't make any decisions based off assumptions because, you know, assumptions don't really, they're, they're, they're just what you think might've happened. It's not, it's not the truth, you know, like it's, anything but the truth, basically. And your assumptions may be validated, but you won't know until you talk to them. And so I hope, I, I'm trying to get him to talk to these people because like, if he can find out for sure what happened, and, it's a, and the thing about it is because he's an eye doctor, he can find out, he would be, to me, it seems like it would be very easy to contact these other eye doctors and get them on the phone to talk to them because all I would, like what I would do, so this is, you know, knowing that he's, my friend is in, based in Hawaii and he may be contacting eye doctors outside of Hawaii. Uh, this is going to be really nerdy but, or dorky, but I was in Boy Scouts as like pretty much till like I was a senior in high school and Eagle Scout and whatever. But I, and I did a bunch of training, leadership training courses in, through Boy Scouts and I taught leadership training. One of the first things that they teach you in Boy Scouts for leadership training is knowing and using the resources of your group. And if you can, if you can successfully do this, and this is something that I've done through my entire career, uh, entrepreneur careers, knowing and using the resources of not just the group of, of myself and external factors too. And uh, I bring this up because one thing that a lot of people in Hawaii maybe take for granted when they're starting businesses that are marketing to outside of Hawaii is Hawaii has a really, really strong brand image. Uh, if you go almost anywhere in the world and you mention Hawaii, uh, people are going to be pretty they're going to have a positive reaction to it, essentially. It's one of the strongest brands. It's right up there with Coca-Cola, Superman, Disney. You know, it's a really, really... Hawaii itself is a really, really strong brand. And so, you know, for my eye doctor friend, if you wanted to contact these people, say, like, you wanted to contact some uh, eye doctor in California, you just you could just put in the subject line, even if you have no references. I, I mentioned in a previous episode about using referrals to, to cold email, to, to, create a, to turn a cold email into a warm email by using, you know, like referred by someone that that person knows uh, and then your subject line. If you can't get that, you can just even, being in Hawaii, you can say something like, aloha from Hawaii. In your subject, this is your email subject line. Aloha from Hawaii. Uh, fellow eye doctor looking for, uh, fellow eye doctor, uh, I'm a fellow eye doctor and I want to hear about, I want to know, I'm curious about your experiences with company XYZ because I'm looking for an app 
similar, because I'm looking for a similar app. Something like that has a much higher chance of being opened into something like, than a subject line like, have a few, have a few minutes to talk or something like a really weak subject line. You know, using, using that resource that we're in Hawaii and has an extremely positive brand almost anywhere in the world. I, I talked to someone from Uzbekistan once and he had no idea where Hawaii was. And this is when I was, this is like a, on a, one of the language learning apps that I used to learn to study Japanese. He somehow found me and he started talking to me in English and he, he asked me where I live and I said I live in Hawaii and he had no idea where Hawaii, what Hawaii was. But um, aside from people from Uzbekistan, 99% of people that you'll meet will have a very positive reaction to Hawaii because they, one, want to go there or come here to Hawaii. And two, they, want, uh, they don't have any friends or they don't know anybody that lives there. And it's, you know, it's, it's cool to like, think about it. Like if you, if you um, are fascinated at some place like France and you have like a friend in France or like a contact there that you know, like, you know, who has similar interests or similar careers that you could talk to, like you're more than likely going to want to make, establish that, that connection, right? Or at least I would, you know, like if I wanted, if I, you know, for, for me studying Japanese, like if I could get a, if I make, I'm, I'm making friends in Japan now because I know that once I go to Japan, I want to experience Japan with people that live there. And so like a subject line like that, like Aloha from Hawaii, fellow eye doctor looking for uh, your opinion of app XRC because I'm looking to buy or something like that, you know, it's going to get a much higher open rate than, than a more crappier generic subject line. And it'll be really easy to get these people on the phone, I think, because especially if they have strong feelings about that, or even if just through email, if they, if you email them that and you just in their email, you kind of say like, you know, I'm a, I'm my doctor and I'm, I, I'm really want to get an app for my practice because X, Y, and Z reason. Uh, I couldn't find really anything online except this company X that I see you're a client of. Uh, I'd like to get, you know, if, if you have a few minutes, I'd like to talk to you about, you know, what you think about it. If possible, get you on the phone for five minutes or 10, for 10 minutes and uh, just hear it from there. And, you know, maybe someone would just email back and say like, I don't have time, but it sucks. Don't buy it. Good. You know, that's, that's really good uh, feedback, but you could also, but more than likely, or maybe not, you know, who knows until you do it, but more than likely people to me will say, sure, you know, like I have 10 minutes here, you give me a call and we'll talk about it. Because, and they might say in the email or back, like, because I actually still want this app, but this company XYZ went out of business. Or you don't know what you're going to find. And so the thing about it is, uh, the whole rigmarole and what I'm trying to get across is, I think a lot of people will assume and defer and try to figure out things, why things happened, uh, based upon information that they've found on the internet. And in, in entrepreneurship, specifically web entrepreneurship, app, entre app entrepreneurship, there are so many external factors that can go into anything not working that if you find that your idea that you want to do didn't work, of course, don't ignore blatantly obvious things like, okay, you know, if you find out that this company has terrible reviews because nobody wanted, or like, you know, like if you find something really terrible, you know, take, of course, listen to that a little bit, but there's so much more value in getting the news directly from the horse's mouth. And so, uh, hopefully, I told my friend to just call these people anyway, because if you can get in touch with these people, hear it from them why they're not using the app anymore, and you, you'll know for sure with facts now, and you can you base, you know, base your new decision on whether you want to do this or not off that. And the thing about it is, because these people already paid for something similar, and they already, it's, to me, it's like even more exciting because it's like a pre-qualifier 
that it's an idea that they thought at one point in time was a good idea. And usually when people think something's a good idea at one point in time, very rarely do they think, no, nah, that, that was a freaking terrible idea. Like once in a while, like that's the case. But generally, a lot of people, was, if they pay for something once, they'll, they won't be like, so for, for example, for Ukula on the ground, we have like, you know, people churn regularly, on, like any kind of SaaS or subscription business, people will churn, churn out of the system. And I always email them and ask them like, oh, you know, thanks so much for trying Ukula on the ground plus. Um, is there anything that you were looking for that you didn't find? Um, we're always trying to make our service better. So if there's anything that you're really looking for and you're disappointed that you didn't find, please let me know. And uh, maybe in the future, we'll try to build that and get that into the system. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll email you when we get that into the system. A lot of times people would just be like, no, you guys are, and this is not just, to, this is not to toot my horn. This, I wish actually they would tell me like, yeah, I've, I freaking wish that you had this, this one thing because that would have kept me in there. Like, and I've gotten that a few times and that's gold, you know, when your customers who aren't happy with your service tell you why they weren't happy, that's so gold that you can use that and make that and then it fixes like, you know, it just patches one of the holes, yeah. But a lot of times what happens is, in my experience is there, the customers are like, no, your service is great. I really liked what I my time there. It's just that I don't have as much time for ukulele now, so I'm not studying it. But I will recommend you to any of my any of my friends who are who are uh, looking to learn ukulele. And so this is this happens all the time. And so I share that because it shows that majority of the time when people spend money on something, they don't re- they they do it because they think it's a good idea. And even if they stop spending money on it, it doesn't stop them from thinking it's a good idea. And so the fact that my friend found a bunch of people had paid for a very similar product in the past, and two, all of them are not using the product now, makes me incredibly interested into finding out exactly why this is the case. And so this is... My, I guess my main takeaway from this is don't, if you find things on the internet that, <clears throat> um, you know, maybe are, you find a little discouraging or something, don't automatically take it as the truth. Go and try to validate it yourself by talking to those people. Or, and, and that's like the best way to do it. And the good thing about my friend's idea is it's not a B2C, not a business to consumer app, which because like I've mentioned in the past, B2C apps are incredibly difficult Consumers are incredibly fickle. B2B is stable and predictable. And so it's a B2B app. So even more so, like, I'm so interested. Like, if he doesn't do it, maybe I'll do it because I'm, I'm trying to get him to do it. And he's kind of taking the steps to, to get it done for himself. But man, like, I, like if I knew everything that I, he's t- told me, I'll be just chomping at the bit to get this thing going. Because to me, what I assume is that I assume the opposite. And of course, like, like I said, you, you, you try to invalidate your assumptions but, uh, by, by figuring out, by talking to these people. But man, I, it just seems like if, if that many people paid for it in the past, then that means that many people thought it was a good idea that he should try to figure out why they are not paying for it anymore, whether it was a bad idea or if it's just some external factor that was outside of the control, out of, out of the eye doctor's control, the company going out of business, the company not offering that product anymore. And the, the reason that the company goes out of business or doesn't offer the product anymore, once again, multiple factors could go into that. They took funding. They needed to hit certain projections. You know, they had a hostile takeover by their investors. You know, there's so many things that could happen. I, I would just be excited. Anyways, maybe I'll send this episode to my eye doctor friend and he can listen to it and 
hear my rationale behind his his situation. Um, okay, that's about it. My throat is killing me, so I'll talk to you guys next week.